Hello and welcome to Ratchicator Podcast. This is episode two coming to you. I am Donnie, and to my left is our co-host. Shade of Kiss. And to my right is our other co-host. Petty Teddy. Welcome, welcome. So we're going to start off tonight by talking about this week's blessing. Like, what this week? You know, we just celebrated Thanksgiving, so we all had a chance to reflect on what we're thankful for, what we're, you know, glad of. What... Has it been your blessing for the week? What are you thankful for? We'll kick it off to Shady Kiss first. Um, I'm thankful for a lot. I was happy to spend time with my mother. Um, she was here with my um, older sister and was able to spend time with them. Um, I had a, sis- a sister who lives in L.A. who had open heart surgery, and she's still with us and pushing through. So I was blessed by that. And just to have people that love me and know me around me. It was awesome. Um, I needed that rejuvenation. So, what about you, Teddy? <laughs> um, I was thankful for actually being able to spend Thanksgiving with people that actually wanted me there. And so, what I mean, like the space to just be yourself, show up, and just be like, yeah, you feel the love, you get to send the love back, and like everybody good. Like that's mm-hmm. what I was thankful for. Is like I don't have to pretend to be nothing else. I get to show up and eat. <laughs> I mean, food is good. Show up and eat is good. Okay, listen. So, um, my Thanksgiving, you know, my Thanksgiving was kind of crazy because I have two sisters. One of them, their 50th birthday actually was on Thanksgiving. And um, she is now in Cabo celebrating. And my other sister, her birthday was two days prior to Thanksgiving. And she got hit by a car the day after her birthday. Okay. Um, Blessings. She's okay. She's okay. She um, was a pedestrian. She got hit by a car. Um, she has a broken ankle, broken wrist. Um, but thankful that she is okay. Thankful that the family is good. Thankful that we were able to all wrap our arms around her and take care of her. Um, I'm also thankful and blessed that I am the sane one of my siblings um, because my my sisters are special in their own right. Um, the sister who got hit by a car called me and asked me for $4,000 yeah. um, just so that she, like, because I just have four grand laying around to hand you. Right. That I'm never going to see again, and that you're probably going to need another four yeah. grand in the next month. Okay, well, like, I got a check in the same month. Need one of them. Right. You have four grand for you. <laughs> like they not set up like that. So you know, but that's the other blessing that I'm the same one of my siblings, and that they can call on me to be the voice of reason and remind them that they have lost their fucking mind. Yeah. So <laughs> those are my blessings of the week. <laughs> okay you know so but every week we like to bring you different topics to talk about things that are going on in society and culture things that we're concerned about and one of the things that we want to talk about this week is the chris brown and kelly Rowland situation if you don't know what's going on kelly Rowland recently was presenting a reward at a um, award show no plugs no free promotion anyway <laughs> She was uh, introducing an award, 
And Chris Brown was the recipient. And when she announced his name, everyone started booing the audience and made it, well, not everyone, but people made a big stink about it. And it's basically because the Chris Brown Rihanna controversy has resurfaced. Um, what happened with Chris Brown and Rihanna, we all know there was an incident on the way to another award show right. <laughs> years right. ago. Um, Common denominator here. Right. <laughs> and at, at the on the way to the award show, Rihanna was assaulted by Chris Brown. Chris Brown recently did an interview where he gave his point of view, where he spoke about how he viewed the night's events and how he felt about it. So let's talk about it. Like, what do you think about the reaction? How do you think about how Kelly Rowland handled it? Do you think she was... Like, in her right to be like, hold up, what? Uh, okay, I'll start. Um, Kick it off. I actually, I actually think she was well within her right as a fellow artist mm-hmm. to to do that. And I say that because they've been in the game a very long time. Mm-hmm. Of course, she's been in longer, but like they've been in the game a long time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they run in similar circles. They may even have a friendship on a level that we may not know of, and that ain't none of my business because I'm not concerned with celebrities like this. But that's another topic for another day. Right. <laughs> However, but you know, I think by her doing that, she opens the door for a larger conversation. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say argument, but I'm say conversation. Yes. Is something that you had brought up earlier, Donnie. Um, you know, about men being able to share their side of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like because I have a family member when I was younger who used to beat the hell out of her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even joking. I mean, like, he would be calling, come get her. She beating my ass. Like, yeah, like, busted lip, black eyes. Like, yeah, like, I'm talking, bam, bam, one, two. (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking you back. Yeah. Get you off the street. Eventually, one day, he started fighting back. Mm -hmm. But then it all came about, oh, how they be fighting. It was never, the focus was no longer on the aggressor being my female family member. Mm -hmm. So it's like. I think we need to have that conversation because why did it switch from we know she was starting it then when he started fighting back now it's all they fighting uh-uh the aggressor is the one that's still initiating like that's a different conversation it's not no they especially if he's calling saying come get her he's obviously trying not to fight back yeah yeah i mean i think all of us were raised with a men aren't supposed to hit women do not hit girls you know, treat women differently. I mean, but I was raised more or less, you don't put your hands on anybody unless they put their hands on you. Yes. And even with that, you know, my grandparents, the, the men in my family, you don't hit women, you don't fight women, you walk away first. If a woman puts her hands on you, you walk away. It was always, you know, whatever the case might be, that was what I was taught by the men in my family. But the women in my family, on the other hand, were, you know... If, if she can pass a lick, she can take a lick. Don't let no bitch whoop your ass. Like, my sister even saw me on the playground getting hit. My sister's nine years older than me. She saw me get hit by a girl. And when I didn't respond, she grabbed me and told me next time she saw some girl whooping on me, she was whooping both of our asses. Mm-hmm. And I had a twin sister who's the same age, the one that got hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, but she was always there and it was like the expectation was that if a girl hit me she was supposed to take care of that if a boy hit her i was supposed to yes. take care of that mm-hmm. not you know us against the opposite sex right. but yeah. even at the same time if a girl can pass a lick a girl can take a lick so 
you know, we're, and I, I don't agree that hitting a woman is appropriate or putting your hands on anybody, but in those situations, he explained it. Mm -hmm. She popped him in the face. She hit him in the face. He didn't do anything. He started yelling at her. When she turned and started kicking him is when he responded. And even in the moment when he responded, it was immediately, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that, you know, mm -hmm. from his side of the story. Why is a man telling his side of the story problematic? Why is it that he can't speak up and say, this is what happened, I reacted in the moment, yes, I was wrong, I'm being accountable, but still we want to hold him and still cancel him in this whole cancel culture, like, yeah. you know, so. I think either way he made the cancel, he was in a bad situation, because think about it. Either, so if I don't fight back and keep getting my ass whipped while I'm driving, could possibly cause a major wreck on the road, yes. right? And could kill not only ourselves, myself, her, but multiple other people. Yes. If I keep getting beat, or do I try to defuse it the quickest way possible? Again, not saying that's okay to put your hands on anybody, but mm -hmm. do I try to defuse it as quick as possible so that we all live, including right. the potential people that could be caught up in this accident if that happens, if I keep getting knocked upside my head while I'm Driving. I mean, like, if somebody <laughs> turned and started kicking me in the passenger seat of the car, I'm not going to react and, like, like, yeah, yeah, it, it's going to happen. I, I do feel like it's all, it comes down to my choices because no matter what choice you make, there's a consequence, yeah, um, repercussion for you, and you just have to be able to live with it, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so I, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, it's the truth, I mean, unfortunately, he made a choice that you've been giving you out of control, I'm gonna stop you, and yeah. that's how he chose to react and respond to right. that situation, and I feel like every I'm always from the school of understanding, so I try to understand every all parties portion and piece of the scenario. So I don't like anyone playing the victim. People don't choose to be a victim. That's what the word is. Uh, when people volunteer to be a victim, that's when I start to like. Okay, well, let's talk about accountability. Mm -hmm. That's just how I am, and that's how I handle myself. So that's how I am when it comes to trying to understand the people's side. And I feel like he, he was wrong and she was wrong even from her own story years ago. I really didn't know much about how he told his story here recently. But I do know that I heard her story and she took some accountability. But I also mm -hmm. felt like she was very coerced to coach to be a victim. Which didn't sit right with her because I as a young girl was very... I thought it was cute to be aggressive. And I... And I thought it was cute to challenge men in a certain way because of that mentality that's very much passed on and very much, you know, put into society that to play as a victim, pull that card when you can. And as women, yeah. you can do that. As a woman who was always a bigger woman, I didn't always get to fall into that category because I'm also looked at as an aggressor. Yeah. My nature makes people, it's softening, but I'm still a big woman. And so if I'm getting into it or I'm presenting any type of challenge, people may not look at me as a victim so quickly. Yes. Um, so I can look at it from a lens of I can see when people play the victim because when it comes to size discrimination, I can see women who are very much used to challenge me on things. And I'm like, I don't want to start the fuck out of you. Back <laughs> <Sat> down. <laughs> I don't want to do this to you. I know how. I don't want to do this. Oh, that's hilarious. You know, so that was all I'm like, do you see what you're 
indignation about something that she's yeah. moved on from and is over and like you still mad about it and she done moved on with her life so and got a baby and she was not as mad like I said they've been attached and would have got pushed past that because of their upbringings they would have pushed past that and stayed together weren't they on vacation together two weeks later <laughs> oh yeah because they were trying to get back together and everybody was like this don't look good for the brand type of shit like for the money part y'all can't be back in love and I, they probably on the low fucked around for a little while before they really were done done. Yeah. But it was really more put on by other people. Like I said, because of that money machine, I think that that had a lot to do with how it played out. But there was a teachable moment in the whole thing. And like um, Teddy said, there is some things that as a community, uh, we need, as a society, we need to talk about. We need to quit sweeping stuff under the rug and act like we don't know how to solve problems. Like right. we are a nation who definitely knows how to solve problems. And we need to put avoid these conversations. Mm-hmm. We know mm-hmm. how to solve them, we just choose not to because concrete is the way. On it regularly, we just don't use it. Yeah, well, like, like, the knowledge is there. <laughs> okay, the knowledge is there, but overall, you know, no one put implement it because that's work. The uh, we were talking about in terms of men and women and size, and because you're this size versus this size and the expectations. 
I don't know if you guys remember the video I sent to you a couple weeks ago where the woman was talking about just because you're a man, you're expected to lay down your life and the mm, lifeboats yes. come up, you know, as women and children first. But a man that jumps in the lifeboat is going to be looked at as a punk because he, he don't want to die. Yeah. So why am I supposed to die? Like, again, we're going back to the expectation about size. And like, when you were saying that, I thought about when I was a kid. I didn't like to fight because I was bigger than all the other kids. Mm -hmm. I was a big, stocky, like, big-ass kid. And I knew I could take anybody down. I had done it. Like, I'd had to fight. Mm -hmm. So I didn't like it when somebody would try and make me fight because it's like, I'm going to fuck you up. Like, why do you, why, <laughs> like, why are you trying to do this right now? So, like, I even understand from that perspective with him, I'm not trying to do anything to you, but if you keep flicking me in the head and you start kicking me, at some point, I'm going to defend myself. I don't want to lose my life. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to crash this car. I'm not trying to... I don't want to kill you. <laughs> you know? If I love you, I ain't trying to kill you. <laughs> but that, like, okay, even that with, like, crazy-ass women. Mm -hmm. Again, my sister, my oldest sister, her husband, before he became her husband, she he picked her up from work and he had some lipstick on his neck. And she asked him, whose lipstick is that? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. She's sitting there playing with her lighter the time she smoked. So she's sitting there playing with her lighter. He's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. She keeps asking him. Then she says, you got one more time. And she wipes the lipstick off of his neck and puts it in front of his face. And is like, whose lipstick is that? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, and she started, he starts hollering. She took her lighter to lit his ass on fire. <laughs> like, lit his jacket. They're going down to Dan Ryan in Chicago. That's dangerous. And she's just straight. You already know. Minimal. That's Minimal. 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 So, like, this whole, like, are women more reckless because they feel like they can be with men? Like, or they feel like they have to be more reckless to prove their point? Like, I think, that's, I think it really does have a home training. It just depends on like that how you're raised. Because anyone could. I mean, there's some short man. You know, stereotypical. You can put people in a box and think that you know. But overall, I do think that there are certain things that are just conditioned. Like you see things on TV. You the exposure you have. You know, you learn from your friends. You know, whatever you do, if you think this is cool, you want to mimic it. You know, there's a lot of mimicking going on when you're younger. So you don't realize certain... Some people don't even know why they're doing certain things. They're just mimicking that. So, I mean, I just... I really do think that we just are conditioned as a society. Like I said, some of the issues are just more prevalent in our community. Because it's like, for me, who live in a really big city and a small town... Stuff happens the same way at both places, but when it's more, you know, the proximity is closer, it's just more messy, more people are exposed to whatever happens. And so I think that's what happens, you know, when it comes to our community. The same things are happening on a higher scale in the society, in society but when it comes to our community, we're a small community still, even though we're, we're small when it comes to being black Americans and our experiences are vast because we're not the same. No. You know, the United States is humongous. Yeah. It's like different we're countries. Not a monolith. No, no. no. So I just no. think that we all deal with things differently based off of what we are exposed to because, and then how we're raised, you know, because I was trained to think a certain way, and sometimes that way of thinking 
it wasn't until I got in the world that I would think and realize how closed minded that was and how, because mm-hmm. I, you know, or there's things that from living in different places in my upbringing that I would be around my small town friends and like, uh, you're so, uh, your goal is very limited. Yeah. You know, and not mean to judge them, but it was like that's the scope that they were seeing from, and that's what their fa- the scope their family saw from. So, me having the family, Limited I had it just made yeah. yeah. So, but there were things that I was very righteous on in my small town because it worked there. But when mm-hmm. I was in seventh grade and moved to Atlanta, it didn't work being in Chocolate City. Like it was like, oh, that doesn't work. And that's when I realized iron sharpens iron because I became a dull black person very watered down version when I grew up when I was in Richmond because of certain privileges when I got to be around other black people like I said black people are the melanin magic like they people younger they can do certain things that are like how the fuck you know or do you know this naturally so you don't shine the same way so you can do something great like sometimes we're hard on each other because I do believe that we're like my little niece could do that girl please you know it's just it's not being dismissive mean but it's just like we're not as impressed my niece not even like no my little niece. You know, you, know you see someone on TV like, girlies, that shit. I mean, you know what? That's you know, like, I, really I have yeah. never been to an art museum and I've been like, oh, that's dope. Usually I'm looking going, I swear my little sister did. You know, like, you, you don't even mean to be like saying it, but it's just the exposure. It changed my perspective at that age, being in middle school, realizing that there is a difference. And that's why I think that right, people who right. do attend HBCUs feel like they get a different experience. Mm-hmm. Because of oh, that, it's a very different yeah, and that's what the different experience to me living in a big, I mean, small. It was just different for me. Like, like it's a whole different culture you're surrounded. But tell you, it was so. What do you think of people going to extremes to prove their point? Like, I'm, I'm gonna get your attention by, you know, this explosive behavior, or by by you know going beyond and above what you try to do. You forgot I'm zero the Hawks man. I know that's okay. why. I, so like that's 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 why. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> I do know from first hand experience. I think I've gotten better over time. I think I've gotten a lot calmer, especially in the last like two years. But I was zero to oh you got me fucked up, bitch. <laughs> like literally, like that's where it was, and there was no in between. Um, it literally was like the Hulk and Bruce Banner. <laughs> that was that was pretty much it. You keep telling me that I have, thank the Lord, have not seen that side of you yet. Yeah, listen, I don't want to get on that side. Seen, we don't I don't want to get on your bad side either. Ain't no point. You know what? I ain't going to take a lot of energy in my life. I, but, I, <laughs> but mine is different. I'm going to take a whole lot. Like, you're going to push me until you finally hit that right nerve. And then I'm going to figure out where your jugular is, and that's where I'm going first. Okay, so he's Wanda, the Turns and Scarlet Witch. Okay. How she took all that, <laughs> like the kids, vision, everything. Like, it, then he turns into the Scarlet Witch. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? Oh, y'all got to pay down this way. Everybody, everybody, everybody. I don't care. Equal opportunities. <laughs> Versus, you know, the hog, he get hit upside the head, he's turning green. That's me. <laughs> well, that was me. Let me stop saying that. Um, okay, right. Speak it out. Speak was it out, Lord. Me, right, okay. Let me <laughs> clean it up. Was me. I am trying to do better. <laughs> when we first started our PhD program, like, somebody would say something, the teacher would say something. It didn't matter. And I just see him at the corner of my eye, and I'd be like, hey, hey, what's <laughs> going on? Like, That's a shame. Like, no, seriously. No, seriously. Like, <laughs> he can see you green. I would be, like, seething. Like, you could feel the rage bubbling. From the top of the class. <laughs> okay. Not even just the topics. Oh. Like, 
So part of the problem with our PhD program was that our faculty would assume that there was a lot of things that we already knew, and a lot of them did not understand the, the, the concept of scaffolding. PhD, THD, THC program. It helps, THC helps to get the PhD. <laughs> <laughs> That's a commercial. Uh, bottle of <laughs> now that is endorsed. <laughs> so, you know, PhD programs, they do not teach people how to teach. And so what I find is that most people teaching other PhDs know theory, they know how to write, but they don't know how to actually teach. And so they didn't have the concept of scaffolding in any way, shape, or form. So they would throw a concept at us and just expect us to understand right there, right in that moment, what they were talking about. And, you know, there were 10 of us that started the program. And I would say that every week, six of us would be like, mm-hmm, as if we knew what was going on. But really, all 10 of us were going... I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm going to read this later and figure it out. But, like, Kevin was one of the ones that was like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. And this I had no clue what was it. I didn't. I, I never, I don't have a background in education. Though I've been in capacities that are related and maybe do similar type of work, I've never been in education mm-hmm. until my PhD program. I had no clue. My master's? was in training and development but rooted in adult learning theory. Mm-hmm. So I knew that going into it. So certain things I was trying to make sense of with what I knew, but the way they kept talking about it, I was like, no, because that's not how you do it. Like, I'm, I, like, no, that is not how this actually works Like in the real world. And that's what kept knocking me off because I was like, no, that's not how this works. And they would be telling me I was wrong. And I'm like, but I work a real job. And I'm telling you, this does not work in the <laughs> real world. I got to change it. <laughs> And when I overdraft, I'm checking, right? So, like, that was frustrating because I felt like I was in a program that I didn't fit because I came from, I didn't come from the institution, I came from community. Mm-hmm. So I came from a community focus to the institution, trying to figure how to fit in here to navigate, to get this degree. And I told you earlier, they sold me on something that it wasn't. So I came in thinking what I, what I was going to get was going to help strengthen my ability to be able to affect community so much more in the way that I want, that I was currently in, and that's not what happened. So I was, you know, there's there's cognitive dissonance. It's not always a bad thing, but there was a whole lot of that going on, and uh, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> yeah, parts personal issues, but there was a whole lot of that, and I was like, listen, uh, if you don't like me, fight me, because I definitely don't like you. <laughs> he walked in ready to fight, like okay. everybody, and it was usually on his face every night. Okay. And I would be sitting next to him, like, like even before we got close, like, hey, there's only what's three. going on. There's three in the cohort that are able to defuse me. Okay. <laughs> there's Donnie, there's, there's our other bro, Jay, I will not put his name on here, mm-hmm. and then our other sis, okay. we will just call her AL. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And, like, them three, yeah. They usually got- usually they feel when I'm about to go there, yeah, and they help me stop before the I get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually, I mean, the thing is because all three of us know, like, we would be experiencing something similar. It was just like we all had a different way of responding or dealing with it. Right. You know, I mean, and I'm not going to lie, I pretend like there weren't weeks that I lost it. Like, there were there was a checks and balances between us. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, there were faculty members that I just couldn't stand. Like, 
It's triggered you. Triggered. Like the second they started talking, I was yeah. triggered. Yeah, I get that. And yeah. I would respond to them, and it was like, they would have to be like, hey, we don't disagree with you, but you just called him a bitch in the middle of a class. <laughs> they were like, Without calling them a bitch, but you, words, right. but you did it. But you did it. We agree. It we agree. Really, and we had to help him get that energy. Like, came back. Yeah. But I mean, like this one faculty member had me so wound up. I walked into the building smoking my vape pen and didn't even realize I was in the building. Like yeah, I was okay. like, and I, and we're talking, and I'm looking like. Oh, he's still smoking. <laughs> yeah, like, you real cool. Like, both of them. You're too cool. When he cool recognized, it was both of them. See, oh. ratchet That was what we stand for. And as you can see. Okay. I was in an educational setting, and the ratchet side of me said, fuck all that. <laughs> it was just like. <laughs> yeah, it like You know. So, yeah. But that's our topic tonight that's our week wanted to bring you another episode please get used to seeing us promote us send us to your friends tell your, your mom tell your dad tell your grandma like you know my mom is 71 and she addicted to k-pop so why can't your grandma be addicted to us yeah. i agree okay <laughs> so yes. for shade of kiss and for teddy i am donnie and this is our night